Today, I felt it was important to take some time to explain what shapes my leadership philosophy and then review some of the fundamental concepts I'm going to use in future episodes and in the discussions I'm going to host with some of my guests. Talk a little bit about me, what shaped my values, my beliefs, my attitudes. I served 31 years in the Navy. My formative years, I was in the Navy Nuclear Power Program, which really shaped a lot of my fundamental approaches to leadership and management. Naval Nuclear Power is a high reliability organization. They're heavy on risk management principles, but they also have a strong learning culture and they rely heavily on a series of watchstanding principles that we'll eventually get to talk to in future episodes as well. So I did that for about the first 14, 15 years of my career. But towards the you know latter part of that 14 or 15 years, I started to sense the desire that I wanted to get into more shaping of organizational culture and climate, organizational leadership, and less about technical management and operating nuclear power plants. So because of that, I was drawn to applying for the Command Mass Chief Program. People saw potential in me and encouraged me to do that. So I applied and was accepted around my 15 to 16 year point uh, in the Navy. And then from there, I went on to a variety of different assignments. I uh, went uh, forward deployed in Japan on the USS Juno. I did a tour on a VFA squadron, uh, VFA 211 out of in Virginia. And then a couple tours in installation management as a region mashi for Naval Forces Japan and uh, Navy Joint Region Marianas. And then ultimately, I went to the, the Naval Safety Center and then finished up my career as the 18th Fleet Mass Chief at U.S. Fleet Forces Command. Over 30, 31 years, I had the opportunity to see and practice management and leadership techniques from small team level all the way up to the strategic policy and political level of leadership. So I've seen commanders, I've seen commanding officers, and I've seen political level leaders use influence Another thing that started to shape me beyond those personal experiences was later in my career, I came around, uh, came across some information in a, I guess, management textbook, and there was a chapter on the concepts of power and influence. It refreshed some things I had known, but it really, really shook me and helped me put into context a lot of the things that I'd seen, a lot of the experiences I had, and it helped me combine my personal experience with some social science and help me really understand why people in leadership positions succeed or fail or why some of their approaches work or they don't work. So I'm hoping to be able to share some of what I've learned with you through the series of podcasts and the guests I'm going to bring on. That's me. That's my background. You'll learn more about me as we go forward. One of the things that shaped me in nuclear power, like I mentioned, their strong learning culture was, you know, we would train extensively. We were required to do certain hours of training each week, did observed evolutions. We drilled extensively. We really practiced our craft, not just uh, practically, but theoretically as well. And each year, um, we had to review certain fundamental topics of nuclear power, the basic fundamentals. So nuclear power just doesn't do this. You know, a lot of high operating organizations they dedicate a lot of time to practicing the fundamentals. And just like football or you know, lawyering or doctoring has fundamentals that you've got to practice, leadership and management also have fundamental skills that you should replenish, review, and evaluate yourself on no matter how long you've been in a leadership position. So I want to cover down some of those fundamentals and get you to think a little bit about that. So the first question I'll ask you, when I say the word leadership, what does it mean to you in one word? From my perspective, when you hear the word leadership, I want you to replace it with the word influence. Okay. And influence is simply getting people to do what you need them to do or want them to do to meet personal objectives, meet your responsibilities, or meet organizational objectives, or even to influence them to do what's best or what's best for them in their own personal interest. 
part of it is theory. There is science that under underlies leadership, and we're going to talk a lot about that, and you'll hear me leaning on that. But there's an, also an art to it, right? There's experience, personal application of it as well. So it is theory and art. It requires practice. And like I said, we're in the practice of leadership. We're in the practice of being military professionals or professionals in whatever area of expertise we're in. But if you think you've learned leadership and you can apply a few mantras and principles and that will you know, enable you to be a good leader or manager throughout your, the extent of a career, um, I think you're going to find you're mistaken. The way you apply leadership changes as you mature as a leader and as you get into positions of greater influence and responsibility. Um, I hear a lot of mantras. I hear a lot of feel good catchphrases, you know, where people try to distill leadership into kind of one thing, but it's a lot more involved and it's a lot more complicated than you think. Once again, you might have your favorite leadership title out there. They probably capture some personal experiences, but I think what I'm going to offer you through this, uh, through the model that I follow and the philosophies I use, um, I'm going to offer you something a little different. And those things you've learned, you'll see that they fall under some area that we're going to talk about in future episodes of this podcast. The thing I use is, uh, I call it the powered influence model. Okay. And you can apply it no matter where you're at, right? So if you're at the small team level leading, if you're at the command level or the executive level of leadership, if you're in a strategic position of leadership, this model works, right? This influence, power and influence model translates up and down, regardless of your experience level, regardless of the position you've at. You're going to find that the things that I talk about, and the science and theory behind it apply to all those positions of leadership. But the first thing I want you to kind of review and kind of when you're thinking about fundamentals is what are the outcomes that you're after? Okay. And I think you'll find that your outcomes and the things that you are trying to influence people to do are going to be shaped by several things. First of all, they're going to be shaped by your professional responsibilities, right? You've got things you've got to do, things that go with your job description. You've got to achieve those through the actions and the behaviors and the effort of other people. Okay, so that's one of the outcomes you're after. Another thing that shapes that outcome is like things that you personally value and believe in. You probably got to take note of, hey, what are the things that I get up every day and I value and believe in that shape the outcomes that I try to drive in my organization and I try to drive in my people? And then it's probably a good idea to ask, are those values and beliefs aligned to what your organization wants and what they need? Okay, when they do, that's great. When they don't, you can find yourself having some problem. And then finally, an outcome I think you're after that we all want to do is we want to shape a positive team attitude in our people. You know, people want to be a part of a team where they feel they're making a difference and they like the team they're on. So as a leader, as a manager, you are shaping both of those outcomes. You're shaping the ability for your people to make a difference and you're also shaping the way they feel about being on the team. So the next thing we talk about is you. You do have some fundamental tools as a leader that you may or may not be aware of. Power bases, influence tactics, and your communication skills. And then how you use those things to achieve your outcomes, that's really what it comes down to. So starting with your power bases. Okay, These are the tools that you invest in. Positional power, expert power, personal power, reward power. Your information power base, your connection power base, environmental power, and then finally coercive power. And then you invest in those power bases and you build those. Sometimes your position brings you, strengthens your power bases just based on authorities you're given to use certain things. Other times you can develop those things on your own. Once you've got the power bases built, you got to apply them, right? So if your power bases are your kinetic energy, 
you're going to use and translate that kinetic or that uh, potential energy. You're going to translate it into kinetic energy via things called influence tactics, rational persuasion, using inspirational appeals, using consultation, ingratiation. How do you use exchanging tactics or coalitions? How do you apprise people or use personal appeals to uh, get them to do what you need to do? How do you use legitimating tactics or how do you use pressure tactics? You've got all these tactics. You've got to learn them. You've got to learn to deliver those and you've got to practice them. You probably feel comfortable using certain influence tactics and you're not using others. But through the series of podcasts, I want to let you know offer you insights and the experience of people that use all these influence tactics so you feel comfortable using them, that you can couple them with your power bases and apply them to your great effects. But to apply those influence tactics, the next thing you've got to have is you've got to have communication skills. You can have the best outcomes you want to achieve. You might value and believe and want to translate those to your team. You want to make or you might want to shape team attitudes. You might have strong bases of power. You might know your influence tactics, but you've got to apply them using good communication skills. Listening skills. We often like to talk about how we translate and kind of influence people with our personal communication skills. But you've got to be able to listen and use your active listening skills got your speaking skills. You know, many people don't like speaking in front of a group. It's a great fear. We're going to get into that and we're going to help you overcome those fears with public speaking and become a better speaker. So you connect with your audience and deliver influence tactics with your speaking uh, skills, your writing skills. That's another way you can influence people. Those writing skills have to be practiced. It's not just writing paper and memos, it's email. And now it's social media and that space. And how do you get into the social media space and use that as a leadership tool as well. And then finally, we got to talk also about just your personal appearance and your nonverbal cues are forms of communication that you've got to talk to. As you try to influence your target or your audience, you're going to have certain barriers that you've got to overcome, right? So there's physical barriers to your communication. We're going to talk about that and bring that into the discussion as well. When you go to influence an audience, you know, have you taken time to understand how they feel about the current situation or the topic or the situation you're trying to lead them through. What are the intellectual barriers that are there as well? What do your people think about you? What do they think about the topic or the thing you're trying to uh, you know, convince them or persuade them to do? So we're going to get into how you, you know, how you overcome or identify the barriers to your influence. And then also you've got to consider there's counter influence coming your other way. So we're going to explore that as well. Uh, and we're going to talk through those things. The model's there. There's a visual representation of it in uh, the Chief Petty Officer's Guide. This, this model, you know, like I mentioned earlier, expands. Okay, So you can use it in a small group. You can use it on one-on-one right, to influence an individual, or you can use it all the way up to the strategic level. So the nation uses power bases and influence tactics. You know, the U- United States and China, right? There's a battle of influence going back and forth. For your purposes, though, I'm going to focus more on the direct level of leadership Uh, perhaps the executive level and the strategic level of leadership, the model and the power bases all translate into higher levels of leadership. You're going to hear me talk about leading up, leading down, leading across, and leading self. So the way you wield influence can be down, meaning that's, hey, how you influence the teams and the people that work for you to achieve your objectives. You can also influence up, meaning how do you influence your boss? How do you influence the people that are above you to help you achieve your objectives or overcome barriers to your objectives. You're going to lead across, influence my peers to achieve success, or how do I use the relationship with my peers as a force multiplier to my individual leadership and management success? 
And then finally, you're going to lead and manage yourself, right? We're going to talk about that, right? How do you develop a good self-discipline? How do you lead yourself in four areas of domain and resilience? And then as you progress higher and higher in your career, how do you protect the investments you've made in your personal power base and your expert power base uh, as you become exposed to new ethical challenges and situation? And then finally, I am going to talk about your managerial skills do matter. You know, management and leadership are different, but they're connected and they're entwined. And I think people far too often try to exclude one at the expense of other, but you've got to have both. Your managerial skills are really about the organization and coordination of organizational activities to achieve your goals and objectives. So we're going to get into the management functions and you'll hear me talk about things like planning, organizing, directing and controlling. You know, in many cases, those are hard skills you can learn, right? You can become a better planner. There are tools you can use to plan. There are organizing tools you can use. You can get better uh, with your time management and personal organization skills. I'm a big advocate of strong manage- management and managerial skills, as well as I am with developing power and influence. And that's what I hope to enlighten you with uh, some of these things. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I want you to read, learn, reflect, and then go out and make a positive difference in your professional and personal life. 